it's time to put aside everything else. Get your blanket, pick up a cup of chai, bring along your friends and family from offline and online, or just come with your curiosity. And let us gather around the bonfire, listen to some stories, hear about books or films, chat up with a visiting guest and sing along with melodies. I am Deepa Kiran. I travel around the world telling stories woven with music and dance. I train teachers on how to teach using storytelling and I also share my thoughts on platforms such as TEDx Talks. It is a delight to invite you into my world of art, expression, and heart-to-heart -heart connection. Tune in every alternate Thursday on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. By the Bonfire with Deepa. Thank you listeners for tuning in and joining us for By the Bonfire with Deepa. I'm looking forward to sharing oral stories, a little bit about a book that I love, a wonderful conversation with Ashok Rajagopalan, the guest for today, and music from the lovely Ananya Bhaskar. Come, come, listen, listen, everybody. Just for you, I have a story. And the story I bring you today will, I hope, be of relevance in the current times, the month of May 2021. The scene that the young man saw as he sat by the seashore was one full of despair. Thousands of fishes had been washed ashore by the waves. They lay there on the sand, almost dying, some dead. And in the midst of this, the young man noticed an old man walking quietly along the seashore, picking up fish after fish and plop, throwing the fish back into the water. The young man went up to the old man and said, what do you think you're doing? There are thousands of fishes here. You're just picking up one and plopping it back into the water. How does that help? The old man quietly picked up another fish and threw it back into the water. He smiled and said, I saved this one. A story indeed of resilience, reassurance and hope that we can continue to do what we can do. There is a life lived which has been one such inspiration for many people across the world. And the story of this person is what I'd like to bring 
in our books and films section. Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. Adventures of a Curious Character as Told to Ralph Layton. This book from Vintage Books is one of my favorites. It is a collection of sharings by Richard Feynman, the renowned physicist, of anecdotes and episodes and incidents in his life, reflections about the same with his friend Ralph Layton. And it brings out for us the mosaic of Feynman's life. Of course, his physics lectures, his work in the field of physics is still much valued and is a reference point for great science communication. But that apart, the book also introduces to us the life of Feynman, the character of Feynman, a man who had no patience with hypocrisy, a man who was naughty, who was mischievous, who would up the game when there was a one-upmanship, <laughs> and yet a man who was deeply humble. After getting a job at the university, when he reached late night and found the lobby closed, Feynman looked around a bit, found no place was open, and actually slept on a heap of dry leaves beside the road. And on another occasion, he received a late-night transatlantic call, which said, congratulations, we are calling from the Nobel Prize Committee. You won the Nobel Prize for physics. Thank you. Could we speak in the morning? And he clicked, shut the phone. When his wife asked him what the call was about, he said, I won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> that was Richard Feynman. He believed the satisfaction was in the work itself. The reward was in being able to pursue what he loved. Once Richard Feynman actually stole, he stole the door of the room of a couple of nerdy students. And he did such a good job of it that no one discovered. When there was a committee formed, an informal committee, to find out who did it, Richard Feynman admitted it, but nobody would believe him. <laughs> and that was his take on human psychology, that even when you speak the truth, sometimes people do not believe you. Feynman also spoke in the book about his disillusionment with the education system of how once there was a committee meeting of people from the education field who were given the books of the publishing house and they all had to come and discuss the books. Feynman had really sat and gone through all the books and when they met, he realized that most of the others hadn't at all read the books. In fact, there were a couple of pages that were empty in one textbook. And Feynman purposely brought it up saying, what do you think about this chapter, page number so and so? And others came up with grand views about what was written there. <laughs> he wrote about his disillusionment with the system. Nevertheless, this never, this never downed his spirits. Feynman not only continued his fantastic work in the field of physics, in the field of science communication, but it's also well known that he pursued many other things in life. He learned drumming. He learned nude sketching. He also learned the basics of sign language. 
These are among the multitude of pursuits, kaleidoscopic rich pursuits that Dr. Richard Feynman, the physicist, had in his life. In fact, these are what provoked his wife to often say, surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman, which is indeed the title of the book. And just to clarify, it is the story of a physicist, but it is for all of you to read. There aren't heavy technical terms at all. It is a story of his life and it's loads of fun. So I hope you explore this book. Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman from Vintage Books. From books, we now move over to meet our guest. It's time now for the conversation with Ashok Rajagopalan, an illustrator for children's books, comics, magazines, stories, textbooks and covers since 1989. Ashok turned writer in 2006 with his first book, Wit Snare, from Penguin India, which was also the first Indian game book. Ever since, he's contributed about 20 books and even written for comics and magazines, including the very popular Rai, The Rhino Who Couldn't Say No, a series that continued for four years for Toot, a monthly magazine of Hatchet, India. Ashok is, of course, best known for the series of Gajapati Kulapati picture books published by Tulika, with four books published in the series so far which has been at the top of the bestsellers list. Ashok's stories are usually funny and jolly, with some subtle positive messages, never preachy or serious. Ashok lives in a quiet and green part of Chennai with his family and, of course, books. Hi, Ashok. Welcome to By the Bonfire with Deepa. It's uh, lovely to have you here. Good evening, Deepa. Nice to be here with you. <laughs> and among so many other things that we know Ashok for, for his writing, for his illustrations, Pati Kulapati is one um, of the series that is so much loved among all of your work. There's a lot of it um, starting way back from 1989, right? Um, tell us something about uh, what has helped you stay humble. Actually, I have a very thick ego, but why I appear humble is, hmm. why I don't brag is, because they humble me at home. Okay. You know, once uh, a, a writer, a friend, a writer friend, uh, when the children liked the story very much and they came up to her and said they loved the story and all that, she said she felt humbled. Hmm. That I never understand. Hmm. How can you feel humbled? I usually feel proud at, but <laughs> at home, uh, they don't think much of my work. They don't, <laughs> they don't read any of my books. I told my wife, see, my, uh, I am there in the papers again hmm. to my wife. Hmm. And uh, she said, I asked you to buy eight eggs. Why have you bought only four? <laughs> so, like that. This is what keeps me humble. <laughs> I think you mentioned that uh, sometimes your wife tells your son um, that oh. if you don't, yeah. 
yeah you grow up to become an artist like your brother and father <laughs> <laughs> if you don't study Meaning properly that's the worst occupation ever because i know uh, we've had these discussions about how um, the life we lead artists freelance artists um, you know is not a regular salaried life and um, uh, right. sharing you were sharing your thoughts about the economics of a freelancer's life right hmm. so one thing i learned is as a freelancer you don't behave uh, i mean you don't uh, spend your money or invest like uh, like a salaried person mm. because one month uh, a freelance uh, uh, guy like me would be rich one month i'd be poor mm. so uh, i can't do this regular stuff so uh, what i learned to do is when i have lots of money when i'm plus then i buy the big tv you know freelancers are like cats savvy people are like dogs we just didn't go anywhere when we had a dog mm. or unless there was somebody else who could take care of the dog there are these cats mm. cats are always on the streets they don't care <laughs> if you don't feed them they'll somehow manage yeah. they're always on the street so freelance people are always on the streets they used to being there Mm. you were talking uh, about how it is like the childhood uh, where you postpone gratification yes i i think parents those days did that to us parents asked us to wait mm. wait for your birthday then i'll get you this wait for something i'll get you this or you uh, get good marks you'll be rewarded with this so we usually waited and you know for even for movies you have to book in advance if you want to be sure of uh, getting a ticket okay. those days mm. now parents tend to indulge their children so they mm. it's instant gratification right. these days you know right. mm. uh, one of the signs of greatness is to delay gratification mm. all these great men usually waited mm. So freelancers get a chance to be great automatically. <laughs> <laughs> we like to think so. <laughs> we, we are we don't have a choice to be great. <laughs> yeah, we have to console ourselves in so many ways. <laughs> And you had a theory that um, you've seen draft drought periods, but they never lasted for more than six months. Yeah, you have a great memory, Deepa. This time, as I told you, I don't know when. Um, more than um, a decade ago. Oh. We met only once two years ago, but we've known each other for yeah. almost twelve years now. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> yeah, you know the uh, uh, there are temporary recessions and there are I mean there are general recessions. The whole market goes down. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened to me uh, once or twice in my life. Mm-hmm. This is entertainment. Right. So entertainment is uh, usually uh, given a poor person treatment. You know, I, I have panicked and I have gone and got myself employed, and my wife doesn't help things also. She is more panicky than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but then I found out. So at least have money for three uh, to six months. Six months ideally, right. and right. don't bother. Stay positive. Things will get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Usually it is like three months. Usually it, uh, you will get uh, your opportunities again by six months. Mm. Take a break. 
This is a chance to take the family out on a tour. I know there's a perspective you had shared even earlier, which was um, very helpful for me. That's why I remember it even today. Oh. And, um, <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. Sometime in your 40s, you had this entire trajectory change in terms of what you need to truly prioritize in life. Yes. After. <laughs> 40 i decided to totally what is it give myself a, a character or a personality makeover totally you know mm-hmm. in what way uh, uh, you know it's not that i'm successful in all areas mm. but uh, you know you don't have to be successful immediately you can tend towards things so i wanted to be honest mm. not lie at all there's no percentage in uh lying it's very difficult you know whether you do it for a good reason you need i don't have a good mem- <laughs> memory when it comes to these things to be a good liar you should have a great memory yeah uh, that's true so, that's uh, a- <laughs> my father would say that <laughs> <laughs> he's right uh you have to remember what you told uh, uh, each person you know yeah. so uh, also it is actually practically honesty is the best policy no tension no stress mm. nothing it's like uh, you have in your head all the windows maybe you can keep the door closed but you can keep the windows open so that uh, breeze uh, you have what you call cross ventilation um you know uh, otherwise it's very difficult you have less stress that way so honesty mm-hmm. so succeeded me is i don't have to really bother no i don't have to think when i answer mm-hmm. uh, except mm-hmm. now i'm taken to task for doing that you know people uh, don't like me telling everybody everything and all that so i've learned to not do that either too much and then regular habits and i had uh, for a bigger salary i could have gone to one of the top uh, agencies in chennai then mm-hmm. so i had these two offers lesser salary tulika mm. uh, uh, i opted for tulika mm. because mm. it is a non parking no uh, a safe place mm. uh, they uh, they were not like workaholics and thing it was a, it, it was like home actually Mm. Uh, a very uh, a cozy place uh, uh, nice people mm. and a great ambience for uh, you discuss writing and reading and you do i actually wrote gajapati there mm. uh, it, uh, it wasn't meant to be published it was just written uh, I, i wrote it there it was, it was a great ambience so the, one of the choices i made so and so uh, this partying and deciding to be a family guy you know that was became a proper domestic animal after mm. 40 and regular hours eating uh, sleeping all that regular times i remember you say that it's funny how we end up prioritizing career and friends and the ones who are actually caring for us you know <laughs> yes. we do not realize yes mm. we are uh, we we are very good to outside people mm. to uh, our uh, colleagues and bosses and the people in the, uh, at work mm. and clients mm. and we are, we are very nice to friends mm. but uh, to people at home so we call that being natural mm. but why can't we be naturally good to them you know mm. 
So I decided to be good to uh, people at home. So now I have exclusive times with each member of the family, hmm. going to school and back. So I, 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 we are a very talkative family. So our bonding is usually talk and bedtime stories. We had this community bedtime. <laughs> 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 uh, for, uh, one story for my, I think um, for the missus, it was uh, this motivational stories. No, oh. like uh, chicken soup or the soul or books like that. What is her name? Then, uh, uh, Preeta. Preeta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Preeta, it was that. And then for the older one, we know it was uh, Udos. So he he was in college. We still had bedtime stories. Oh. Uh, so we used to. Uh, <laughs> uh, and for the little one, uh, Roldal and Nene Blayton and all that. Uh-huh. So, uh, I was very careful to do, make sure, ensure that we spend uh, uh, exclusive time. So, I, uh, with Preeta, uh, we watch soap operas. You know, I know lots of people speak uh, our Indian soap operas, you know, crying women and all that, and uh, horrible mothers-in-law and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she likes uh, it's a great distraction for her it's like uh, uh, I don't know it's like uh, instead of gossiping I think women uh, you know, can't say uh, not like women only gossip they do it except they don't call it gossip yeah. so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't, so she likes them so I get, uh, watch you know anything on TV is addictive you watch Master Chef, you'll be addicted to that. You watch a reality show, you'll be addicted to that. Mm. So I actually enjoy. I'm not doing it for, I'm not doing it for her. So we mm. enjoy all these uh, soap operas together. Right. Now I... my, I'm sorry. Yeah, please go ahead. The son is married and gone. The older one, we mm. know. Mm. So Nirmal is here. Mm. Nirmal, uh, uh, two episodes of a sitcom in the morning. Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, for lunch. And then uh, for dinner, two episodes of another sitcom. So that is our exclusive time together. So this has become very important to me. <laughs> yeah, I can see that this has become a, a very, uh, in a way, a conscious attempt at some kind of a family ritual ah, that you have. Conscious attempt was conscious attempt was a phase mm. I was uh, searching for. Thank mm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of us are doing it, some of us are finding ways to do it. You know, as you spoke, I was uh, remembering that usually whenever I come back from an international travel, um, if I'm oh. away for one week or 10 days, you know, and the children are, oh. uh, now they're teenagers, but they were a little younger, pre-teens. Uh, so I would just switch off my phone and it's just us in the house playing board games, I'm cooking something, we go for a movie together. You right. know, uh, the next right. few days are just that and it's... Um, we didn't realize that we were doing it consciously, but that distance, that being away, time zones, you know, you cannot speak easily. Um, it's right. hectic schedules there. So this really helped us reconnect and, you know, come back together as, bond together as as a unit. So I know yesterday also when we were deciding the time, you said, uh, no, this time I will be with my son. We will be watching this <laughs> sitcom. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't like to miss that, <laughs> which was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't think anything of my work or what parents do for the children, what they think is important, the sacrifices the parents make and all that. All good people, all good parents. Mm-hmm. But do you know what the children value? 
for uh, instance when i was a kid my father put me in a, uh, into an expensive school and he said see i'm paying so much fees and you know what the expensive fees was 221 per term those days so he said and you're not getting good marks i don't feel grateful to him for putting me into the expensive school i he didn't ask me like arkenaran swami you know Mm. Uh, well, uh, when his father uh, says the same thing, he says, oh, okay, I don't want to go to school. Why did you put me to school? <laughs> so actually, that is how I felt. Mm. But the family tour, we uh, went to many places. That is what I recollect with gratitude. Those are the happy memories. Mm-hmm. Children will treasure those memories. Mm. The time you spend together more than the things you really did for them with great difficulty. Mm. and uh, you didn't mm. want to regret later like you saw some of your friends you know that oh i i didn't see how life has passed by and you know i had all this work pressure and i wish i spent more time with my family second uh, priority not my friends uh, deepa i mm. read an article where they interviewed uh, uh, hundreds of people on the uh, deathbeds Oh, okay uh, and so, uh, most of these people uh, the biggest regret was they didn't spend time they were going after work and everything else and they didn't spend time with their family so that was the biggest regret so i, I don't want to have any regrets at the end of my life so, mm-hmm. as far as possible you know mm-hmm. human we mm-hmm. i mean mm. right right yeah and and um, um you said in spite of treating my career as secondary uh, you know things seem to have fallen in place and i believe that maybe precisely that's why because you weren't anxious about um, would you would you look at it that way I hope there are no children in the audience uh, you know i didn't uh, become a children's illustrator or a writer by choice uh-huh i i was illustrating all kinds of things stickers posters uh, 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 magazines all kinds of things whatever came my way uh, logos adult books don't need illustration only children's books need illustration so that's why i got into children's publishing because there's more work that uh, okay. i never uh, it wasn't a choice like that it just happened like this it just happened i enjoy my work uh, but for me uh, uh, family is first i'm not a career person mm-hmm. for me it's uh, no, i don't i'm not ambitious uh, i mean you would wish you have more money or you would like to have more money or, but that's i'm not uh, that, that's not priority for me Mm. Even if things go the way they are now, no, I'll mm. be very grateful. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, you've had a beautiful journey working with many of the best publishing houses uh, in India: yes. Penguin, Hachette, Tulika. Um, yeah. Talking Cub, Pratham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Scholastic too. Uh, Which are the ones you've enjoyed the most? I've done. Uh, so much for tulika uh, i don't know 30 to 35 books so mm. uh, so i had i mean if you look at the uh, thing the more time i had fun no mm. so it was for tulika so i have to say that you yeah. have to say that right right and i i also liked another phrase you used you know you said that um, i've never cursed my work yeah i i don't believe in hard work 
Uh, so I uh, I don't believe hard work leads to success, hmm. like they used to tell us at school. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't believe in laziness either. Hmm. Uh, the, uh, uh, but uh, if you can, I mean, if uh, if there is no option, you have to uh, do anything. Uh, hmm. I mean, to survive and to look after your family, hmm. be ready to do anything. Hmm. But if there is a choice, you should do something you love. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, ideally, you should start young because then you can afford to make your choices. Not after you have a big family, you know, then it becomes difficult hmm. to start something new or something. So, hmm. uh, uh, so you, if you do something you love, you'll do. You won't get tired. You won't get stressed. Uh, and you'll do uh, you, uh, your output will be more um, uh, much like your work, uh, Deepa. So what you do? Mm. So yeah. I don't believe you do hard work either. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is reminding <laughs> me of what my father would always tell me: uh, take up a job you like, and you don't have to work a single day in your life. Ah, right. Yeah, that's well put. Mm. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant. Yes. <laughs> And uh, so I get you, you know, uh, there are days when it's so literally physically exhausting at the end of a performance or back-to-back performances, huge audience. And then um, though the body is exhausted, I feel I don't need that car or the taxi. I can just fly back home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, I get what you mean by not cursing the work, you know. Right. I guess uh, we are lucky that we have been able to exercise that option. And uh, I, I hear that, you know, in, yes, in your words, gratitude, you keep talking about gratitude for being where we are today. And, I'm a, hmm. I am, a, you know, uh, uh, I got that from my mother. She wasn't very, amb- uh, I mean, she still is the same. She's a great grandmother now, but uh, I, I remember she used to tell me, uh, uh, my father probably wanted to earn more or whatever. He was an engineer. Mm-hmm. But my mother always said, uh, everything uh, goes on as it is now. I am happy. That's what she, uh, that's what I feel. Uh, bigger things happen, they are all bonuses. You can be a little more grateful, but <laughs> as long as... <laughs> Right, right. In that case, anything, you know, becomes something to be grateful for, which is above the status quo. (laughs) Actually, I think, you know, uh, recently uh, I've been hearing so many things about these uh, good chemicals in the body and all that. Uh, Serotonin. Oxytocin, dopamine. Yes, yes. Dopamine, endorphin, uh, serotonin, and oxytocin. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, before I read all this stuff, I used to feel, actually, when you feel good, when you feel loved, or when you actually give love to people or your work or uh, anything, and you uh, uh, you laugh and you're in a, uh, uh, you uh, you don't have stress. You can actually feel good chemicals in your body. Right. And then when you're upset, you actually bad chemicals. You can actually feel. <laughs> uh, gratitude, gratitude is actually a combination of uh, being loved or loving and happiness and contentment and uh, I don't know. But, uh, so I think a lot of good chemicals. Uh, uh, happening. 
in the body you know when you are feeling great so yes. true so true i know that uh, uh, talking of children you you've had uh, the latest uh, series which is adventures of gulgul ah uh, <laughs> this is for talking cub and the editor is sudeshna shomgosh mm-hmm. uh, talking cub is an children's imprint of speaking tiger which is a uh, publisher mm-hmm. so this uh, so this is about a girl called gulgul and three more coming this year i'm writing three more three three are already out there three are already out adventures of gulgul yes. with talking cub so all the ashoka yes. fans they're all looking out for the uh, rest of them and those who haven't caught up it's time that you all catch up on these <laughs> hope i wouldn't be known only for gajapati kulapati you know <laughs> <laughs> no for so much more there's hasya in my house ha ha hasya oh. um yeah oh, you have hasya yes hasya. we'll leave in the description all the other books uh, of uh, ashok rajkopalan also so look out for those and uh, if you haven't caught up on any of those um, you should read those as well so thank you so much ashok um for this uh, wonderful conversation in by the bonfire um with me deepa and i can definitely say that i am feeling a rush of good chemicals at the end of this 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> thank you deepa <laughs> after that fun conversation with a truly wise and fun soul ashok rajagopalan children's writer and children's books illustrator it is but appropriate that we sit back and enjoy the melodies of ananya bhaskar asha Yeah, I don't know.
And on that melodious note, we come to the end of the first episode, the first gathering by the bonfire. Thank you so much for joining in, for tuning in, and for being there in the sharing of oral stories, of reflections on the book, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, for the heartwarming conversation with Ashok Rajagopalan, and the beautiful music from Ananya Bhaskar. And so it's time to bid goodbye, to leave the side of the bonfire. Do remember, however, to carry this warmth in your heart and to tune in for another gathering and another gathering and another gathering by the bonfire with Deepa every alternate Thursday on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye-bye.